welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is always a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Well, well, another round of football is complete. We have a Championship Sunday coming up next week. We're going to obviously talk about the divisional rounds. I'm not overly thrilled about every single game, but uh, I'm not like down in the dumps about every game either, per se. <laughs> obviously, there's a couple of pretty good ones. Um, yeah, not happy with the most recent one that just happened at all. Not happy with what happened in the end, anyway. I thought Buffalo had it, but of course they didn't because they just didn't. Because the you know the uh, golden boys of the NFL are entitled to every win they're, they they ever get seems like anyhow sorry for that cheap shot um, yeah it was cheap and it was lame but that's how that goes well very briefly though before we get into the divisional round I will talk about the current Viking situation a tiny bit maybe I'll look at a couple mock drafts and then we'll jump right into the uh, NFL I'm not even going to split up the uh, segments I'll split up it's going to be two segments we're just going to talk about current Vikings, then jump into the current playoff situation, and then off to the, um, you know, and off to fan interaction. That'll be a second segment. So, there's a possible hookup here. Uh, Bill Belichick with a second interview with the Atlanta Falcons. Nothing new so far with Jim Harbaugh, other than trying to get some kind of, like, contract protection, basically, um, in Michigan. So, it's kind of like if, like, basically, like, if he doesn't get hired by an NFL team, that uh, if and when he goes back to Michigan, that he would have more protection there, so to speak, from, you know, getting in trouble for, you know, whatever that, that issue was going on there. Um, I, I know, they're talking about he cheated and such. And, of course, everybody talked about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady cheating and such. But, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's not the kind of cheating like some people would look at, like, say, steroids and such, you know, hitting home runs. You know, Maguire, Sosa, and, and many others can say, oh, you could go on forever. Unfortunately, it's a damn shame because baseball is a great game. It's a shame that a lot of uh, great players' careers were tarnished. Um, I don't know. Gosh, I have a, I have things to say about the Buffalo game. I really do. And I'm watching uh, replays right now happening. A golden opportunity. It's just, God, yeah, I mean, Buffalo fans are going to be up all night probably about this one. I mean, it's, what the, what, what the hell, man? Like, seriously. What the hell? I almost want to jump into it this second, but eh, we'll get to it. So a possible uh, partnership could be happening. Say if Bill Belichick does wind up getting hired by the Atlanta Falcons for their vacancy, that Bill Belichick will probably want a veteran quarterback. Probably not going to want to start over or look around. You don't have that mess of nonsense going on in Atlanta. Kind of like what we had going on here after Kirk Cousins' injury. Like a Josh Dobbs here, a Nick Mullins there. I don't think... Uh, Bill Belichick wants to deal with that. He pretty much had that in New England the last few years with the Zap and, of course, uh, Zach, uh, yeah, you know, and others. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Zap and Zach, basically, you can say. It was disappointing and frustrating, and the Patriots had a terrible season this last year, and everybody knows that. Um, I wouldn't want to give Bill Belichick general manager-type power because that just didn't work out. You're good at one thing. You're, like, elite at one thing. Stick to that thing, that type of deal. Like Michael Jordan was the best player ever, but he didn't work out as a, uh, you know, a president of basketball or 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 as an owner of a team, as he is uh, going to sell his uh, ownership of the Charlotte Hornets. Maybe he'll keep a tiny stay a uh, smaller stake in the team so he could still have some ownership. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did that. Going way off topic there, and I apologize. But uh, 
Yeah, it could be something going on. I mean, Kirk Cousins basically said, like, who who would turn down a possibility to play for a Hall of Fame coach? So that's pretty much what Kirk Cousins said uh, at the end of the day. If I have the quote in front of me here, I'll get to it. But it, it is what it is. Um, yeah, here it is. Uh, Kirk Cousins talking with Isabel Gonzalez. He says, I have great respect for him as a coach. This is pro football talk at the moment. Like everyone else in pro football, he told Isabel uh, Gonzalez, I mean, if you go to that many Super Bowls, win that many Super Bowls, go to that many conference championships, have the defensive production he's had for years and years, it says it all. We played them on Thanksgiving night, and once again, I noticed several times what he did coverage-wise was challenging, and it was different. You always know when you play him that you're kind of looking over your shoulder and wondering <laughs> if, if what you're seeing is correct, because you know, he usually is going to break the mold and do something different, and that's part of what has made him a great coach. Uh, so would you ever play for Bill Belichick? I'm not going to turn down an opportunity to play for a future Hall of Fame coach, Cousins said, but we'll have to wait to see where March leads. It's just a lot of unknowns right now. So, yes, it is. Um, but, it, you know, it's another little wrinkle in the situation going forward at the end of the day. It's another wrinkle, you know, in the whole story, so to speak, with Kirk Cousins. Uh, reuniting with the Vikings, uh, staying with the Vikings, obviously returning, resigning with the Vikings, or ultimately moving on, and ultimately the Vikings possibly moving on, uh, maybe signing a bridge quarterback if there's such a thing. <laughs> obviously, uh, Jacoby Brissett is a possibility. There have been others, even like p- p- names like Marcus Mariota, which do nothing for most people, I'm sure. Seems like yesterday he was the Oregon Duck that I was talking about, who was very exciting once upon a time, but he hasn't been all too exciting of late. Uh, possibly keeping a Nick Mullins, not to start, but he'd like be the other backup. Maybe he'd be the main backup. Well, rookie du jour, so to speak, is the third stringer and is inactive most of the time because you don't want to throw him to the wolves right out of the gate in his career um, unless he's like the number one or number two pick in the draft or something. And oftentimes you do end up going more in that direction. Because he's going to demand a lot of money, whether we like it or not. As to how much, I don't know. As to how much term he's expecting, I don't know. But um, I'm ready to move on, sure. Um, I am. Uh, it was impressive what he was do- accomplishing for a while there, but the Vikings did start 1-4 and four with him as the quarterback. Uh, we did lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the season opener, which helped propel them where they are uh, at the end of the day. Um, we did have a nice, impressive victory against them as well earlier in the season, so that was fun. But a, uh, again, very disappointing start to the season put us behind the eight ball and all that, and kind of a large reason why the Vikings were uh, watching the playoffs rather than in the playoffs at the end of the day. So that's kind of the main conversation right now with the current Vikings. As for future Vikings and such, NFL mock drafts all over the place. Um, Tankathon, I just refreshed it, and it has the Vikings, of course, at 11, yeah, um, with Leah Atu Latu again, the edge rusher. The edge rusher would be coming to Minnesota. I did refresh it, at least I thought I did. It's not showing the actual date, but I'm going to refresh it again just in case because, you know, things can change. So, Leato Lato is coming with the 11th pick, Edge Rusher coming out of LSU, and the Vikings are retaking Bo Nix at 42nd. Ah, somehow I think this is uh, needs to be reset. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to see. I did refresh it. Yeah, it's showing the same situation. Everything's happening. So, Bo Nix would be the Vikings quarterback at 42nd coming out of Oregon. So I guess it's the same. I, I guess it's the same, because that sounds 100% familiar to last time we looked. Um, as for Walter Football, I'm who knows? Let's go to the PFF Draft Simulator 
for now. Oh, but this is when you actually make the picks yourself. Um, the, let's go to the mock draft. I'll do the draft simulator maybe later. Those are fun to do and such. And there's no mock draft. Well, there probably is, but uh, uh, maybe I have to pay to, to open it. You know how they do with that kind of stuff. Caleb Williams, so on and so forth. 11th pick, 11th pick, 11th pick. Jaden uh, Daniels from LSU is going to the Saints. Okay, looks like the Vikings are trading because they're not 11th here. What the heck? Well, unless this draft was made like five years ago. Who knows? What the heck, man? Um, yeah, I'm going to just jump to the Vikings. It didn't jump to the Vikings, did it? Bo Nix, 21. So we're trading down and winding up with Bo Nix. No, this is really old. It shows the Vikings are 6 and 6. But we're taking Bo Nix. So, yeah, this is, um, yeah, this is nonsense. Uh, well, it's not nonsense. It's just old. I don't know why it's not updated. That's kind of annoying. Um, so we're going to come off of that for now. What the heck, man? The, the simulator is fun. But I'd, right now, at the moment, I'd rather have a mock draft. Uh, Tankathon, I just looked at that one. What's this one? Pro Football Network. Pro Football Network. Just show the mock draft, please. That'd be really helpful. I, I thought I had this ready to go, and um, now I'm just wasting time, so I apologize for that. Just, I just want a mock draft. That's all I want, but they don't seem to want to give it to you. It shows it, and then nothing's going on. They got all seven rounds, though, so that's, like, freaking cool. But nothing there in front of me. So, yeah, and now the computer's kind of freezing. That's even better. Walter Football, yeah, I don't know. Walter Football's all over the place. And it's funny, I don't know, certain things are funny. They still call the Washington Redskins the Washington Redskins. This one has the Vikings taking Nate Wiggins as cornerback out of Clemson. I remember hearing that on um, Purple Daily earlier as well which uh, would just irk, I think, a lot of Viking fans. Let's see what round two, what they're saying. Are we going to take a quarterback? i, I got to think the Vikings have to have a quarterback in this draft, regardless if we're signing Cousins for three more seasons. Um, you got to take a quarterback in, the, you know, in, in this draft, in the first or second round, in my humble opinion. And we do Michael Penix Jr. 42nd? 42nd. Is Michael Penix Jr. going to drop that far? Huh. Okay. I, I guess. Michael Penix Jr., 42nd. A lot of people thought... If you want uh, Michael Penix Jr., you're going to have to hope he, sli he slips to 11. Now they're saying he's going to slip to 42nd, at least according to Walter Football. So, interesting. Um, interesting scenario there. That would be that'd be nice for us, I suppose. I mean, I don't think a lot of people would be complaining too much about that one. Let's see if there's any others I should click on super quick that aren't from, like, you know, like five years ago or something. The Giants? What the heck is this? <laughs> but, uh, okay, the New York Giants. I don't think I necessarily want to look at that. So that kind of gives you ideas, though. Uh, Sports Illustrated, let's look at it really quick. Or is it Fan Nation or whatever it's called? Yeah, Sports Illustrated. Caleb Williams, uh-huh, big shocker there. Vikings, Dallas Turner, edge out of Alabama. Well, out of Alabama, anyway. Do they go into the second round? Probably not. Okay, well... So they have us taking an edge rush out of Alabama. So, I mean, again, if the Vikings take a defensive lineman, nobody's going to really complain too much about that. i got to think a cornerback. Uh, I don't know. That's like, is Mike Zimmer running the team or something? I don't know. Um, so, interesting. We're kind of all over the place with the offense and defense and such. 
when it comes to that. So let's jump into the weekend right here and right now. Baltimore versus the Houston Texans. <sighs> yeah, 34 to 10. Um, not saying that to disrespect the Houston Texans. This was the Euler Bowl right here. No, it wasn't. That would be against the Tennessee Titans. So that was the most nonsensical, stupid thing I've said all day. Okay, well, maybe I've said stupider things, but um, 34 to 10, Houston, though. Um, Houston got stomped in the second half. The first half was pretty good. It was a tie game. It was kind of a back and forth. Houston might have a chance at this. Baltimore just kind of came out and said, you know what, just, just go away. Seriously, just go away. You're, you're annoying us. Just, just disappear. <clears throat> but then again, it was still a close game. It was midway through the third quarter that Baltimore finally got in the end zone and got things rolling. And after that, it was just like, they just started kicking their butts, basically. Well, it was three minutes into the, what am I talking about? Three minutes into the third quarter. Baltimore got things going, and then it just kind of didn't stop. Um, once the fourth quarter started, yeah, Baltimore just went crazy, uh, adding a couple touchdowns and a field goal. And they just kind of took over the game, basically, to say it lightly. Three touchdowns total, and then the uh, Justin Tucker 43-yard kick, which is probably something he could do blindfolded at the end of the day. Um, Baltimore pretty much slaughters the Houston Texans. There's a really good chance they're going to the Super Bowl. And, and now I hope so. Um, just a few minutes ago, as a fan, I would I was hoping maybe Buffalo could get past them. That would be, but it would be an interesting and fun matchup. Now I'm praying Baltimore gets to the Super Bowl just for the sake of I don't want to see the sideshow. I don't want to see the clown show. I don't want to see the uh, cameras change over to a certain um, singer, if you can call her that. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I just I don't know. I, I just can't stand it. Um, Lamar Jackson had a great game, bottom line. He threw for a couple of touchdowns. He was solid. Uh, his mobility is incredible. 100 yards on the ground, a couple of touchdowns. C.J. Stroud, definitely just he's just not as sharp in this one. And Baltimore's defense just seemed to know what to do. And they flustered the rookie and put him basically kind of in his place, you could say. The running game couldn't get going for Houston. Um, Baltimore's defense is way better than people think. Um, that's what makes them as dangerous as they are. Lamar Jackson's athletic, and he can be insanely dangerous. He can be an MVP and all that. But at the same time, um, that defense in Baltimore is what will win them the Super Bowl. They didn't get a single sack in the game, which is ironic. But um, they were uh, awfully good. Awfully good at the end of the day. So, I mean, that's kind of what matters. At the end of the day, it was just how they, they flustered the rookie. They made him hurry. They helped him, like, just, they, they didn't get him to throw any uh, interceptions or anything, but at the same time, um, just, they just, the plays just weren't there that were there last week uh, when Houston, you know, just literally took care of business um, and beat the crap out of Cleveland last week. Just absolutely crushed them, uh, which shows how far Cleveland is from the Baltimore Ravens at the end of the day. Um, the way Houston just kind of manhandled them, and then, Baltimore pretty much, you know, made Houston look ineffective, particularly in the second half. And then their offense, once it got rolling, it simply got rolling. And Baltimore won comfortably 34-10 to and go to the AFC Championship game as if it's just kind of like, this is just kind of like a little, you know, a little little appetizer, that little shrimp appetizer you get at Benihana's. Yep, get your appetite started there. Now look at me like giving a free plug to Benihana's. They don't need my help, um, even though I'd love to help them if they'd uh, Compensate me, or compensate, I don't know, whatever the word is. They'd uh, would be willing to work with me on ads. Compensate. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing around. Um, compensate would be nice, but um, it would be really nice. 
it'd be wonderful to do business with Benihana. So give me a call or an email, Benihana, if you'd like to be a sponsor for the Purple Mafia show. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, so in chronological order, even though you could argue this was the feature presentation of the whole weekend, but it kind of wasn't. It was kind of the other one, the later one, in a lot of ways, just a sucky ending. Um, but I don't know, as a football fan, see, I'm here to be an objective host of a, of a podcast, but as a football fan, I wanted San Francisco and Baltimore. I, I really did like to win the games and even probably go to the Super Bowl. But uh, we, there's a pretty good chance we're going to get a rematch of the Harbaugh Bowl. We'll see if San Francisco can be the team that finishes the job. But uh, Baltimore's, you know, if you're just kind of looking to be a betting man, Baltimore might be your choice. Um, Jordan Love, well, <clears throat> he was pretty good for the most part. The Green Bay Packers had the lead. They looked like the better team most of the game, honestly. It looked like the Packers were the team of destiny and they were going to uh, be the upset special and go to the Super Bowl possibly playing Detroit on the road, kind of like going to Chicago on the road <clears throat> in the uh, NFC Championship game back in 2010, that it might have been like a tiny little repeat of that in a way. <clears throat> when Green Bay went to Chicago and beat the Bears in an ugly football game. Where almost, honestly, it just like, looked like the Bears weren't serious, but it also looked like the Packers were kind of semi-serious in that one. But they won pretty comfortably, if I remember correctly. And that uh, maybe the, it would be a similar thing. Maybe they'd get past Detroit and go to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be crazy? A Green Bay-Detroit NFC Championship game? Do you realize how close it was until Brock Purdy said enough is enough and took care of business and was way more clutch in that fourth quarter? It's like, finally, the 49ers look like the freaking 49ers. Finally. It was like, finally, they look like the 49ers. Ugh. I mean, once the, once the Packers went up 21-14, to 14, it was like, Oh my, this this is this is trouble. This is serious trouble. And now they converted the two-point conversion, and now it's a full touchdown lead. It's not an insurmountable lead. It's not. But, I mean, the Packers, or the, the 49ers anyway, were in serious trouble. I mean, they really were. And it was like, I can't believe it. They might actually lose this thing. Um, and they just kept struggling and struggling. They finally were able to, in the fourth quarter, the 49ers anyway, finally able to at least get a field goal thanks to Jake Moody being able to get a 52-yarder, thankfully. But then, you know, again, the struggles and the frustration went on and on. They'd have multiple drives that just didn't work out, uh, that the Packers weren't getting anywhere either. And Jordan Love started to kind of start to make mistakes, started to be inaccurate and such. The San Francisco defense started to settle down and, uh, uh, you know, get the <laughs> started to settle down and fluster the rookie a bit where he wasn't as sharp as he was last week versus the Dallas Cowboys. Him being Jordan Love, of course, and he's not a rookie, but rookie, rookie playoffs anyway. He's not a rookie, but the young guy, um, Jordan Love, rookie into the postseason, yes. But then finally, the, the San Francisco 49ers have put together a very clutch, clutch drive late in the fourth quarter, which finished off with uh, Christian McCaffrey getting into the end zone, from, uh, running in the end zone, rushing six yards. And, you know, obviously very clutch uh, completions along the way with Brock Purdy. And he protected the ball enough. No, yeah, he protected the ball. Wasn't the sharpest game of his life, but Green Bay's got a good defense. Green Bay's got a good defense. They flustered the Cowboys, and their offense was absolutely prolific against the uh, Dallas Cowboys last week. He had three touchdowns from Aaron Jones. This week he had zero, but he still rushed for six yards of carry thanks to a 53-yard scamper. But Jordan loved multiple interceptions in the game, including the one that pretty much wrapped it up, kind of a Brett Favre special, throwing across the body into the San Francisco defender. That kind of uh, put things on ice, unfortunately, 
for the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, again, Denver's defense was damn prolific. Um, it was Dre Greenlaw getting both interceptions to the game, the linebacker of the San Francisco 49ers kind of being in the right place at the right time. And it was uh, thanks to just, you know, it was a smart play. It was a heads-up play, especially the final one, which wrapped things up because Green Bay still had a chance, you know, whether you like it or not. They still had a shot at something. I mean, it was only, what, what were they? They were on there. Like, they're, they were like they're, they were almost at midfield. They were like around their 42, I believe. It was something along the lines of that. A couple more completions. They might have gone to OT, and then who knows it could happen. You know, I mean, I, I would think San Francisco had the momentum at that stage because they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. Green Bay hadn't scored since pretty early in the third. No, late in the third, pardon me. Since late in the third, they hadn't scored until about, since about five minutes remaining in the third uh, quarter that uh, but San Francisco pretty much had momentum, but maybe Green Bay would get it back after being able to tie th- uh, the game uh, and force it into overtime and all that cute stuff. Uh, at the end of the day, who knows what would really happen. But um, <clears throat> it is it has absolutely been a... Uh, it, it was a remarkable job by the San Francisco 49ers down the stretch, flustering the uh, the young quarterback, and then Brock Purdy kind of settling, settling in after kind of struggling, you know, missed opportunities and such in this game that he would have been kicking himself forever but uh, settled down enough to get the job done and put the San Francisco front end enters exactly where they should be, and that's in the NFC Championship game. As for what happens after that, I mean, i got to think so. i got to think their chances of going to the Super Bowl are fantastic. Um, and if it's a rematch versus the Chiefs, so be it. Hopefully they beat the bleep out of them because they owe them one. Uh, it was a damn close game back in, uh, you know, back in early 2020. It was obviously of the 2019 season. The 49ers looked like an excellent team. Uh, Kansas City was on a, was a team on a mission, and they ultimately got the job done for their first Super Bowl since 1969 over the Vikings. But uh, this 49ers defense, if they show up to play, I think they could beat anybody. I think they could beat the Detroit uh, Lions, and I think they could beat the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs when it matters most. Um, San Francisco, it, it's time. It's a team that's that's hungry. It's a team that's had some heartbreak. You know, sometimes they say like a champion needs to have their heart broken before they can win. And all that. Well, San Francisco's had their heart broken at least twice recently. Um, last year wasn't a heartbreak. It was just super disappointing because he had the Brock Purdy uh, uh, elbow inter- uh, elbow tendon tear very early where he had to have Tommy John surgery very early in the game. So it was literally nothing the guy could do at that stage. It was very disappointing and very sad uh, how, how that took place. But as um, long as uh, Brock Purdy stays healthy this time, their chances of going to the Super Bowl are outstanding. But uh, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to perform, though, once it, once it matters most at the end of the day. So, again, to keep things chronologically correct, so to speak, we move on to Sunday. The Detroit Lions, 32 years ago, they had a first-round bye because they were in the number two seed this year. They had to, to earn one thing after another. Regardless if first-round buys existed still or not, Detroit wound up with the third seed because of the controversial call against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. It was a pivotal game, and Detroit didn't, you know, they, they blew opportunities that came after that. Inaccurate passes from Jared Goff. It was very disappointing, and they wound up with the number three seed. Green Bay took care of business, destroyed the Cowboys. A couple weeks later, absolutely smashed them and made them look stupid, and uh, good for the uh, Green Bay Packers. So then Detroit regains the number two seed, but they had to defeat a very, very tough and very hungry and very aggressive and frankly, an angry-looking L.A. Rams team in that game. 
including their starting quarterback who played for the Detroit forever and was pissed off that the fans were booing him because it's like, well, gee, what more did I have to do for you guys? Especially with the, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> management wasn't real good at the time. Uh, and a lot of the coaching wasn't real good either for uh, in the Matt Stafford era. So it's like, what the hell did you want from me, guys? For crying out loud, you know, I mean, Matt Patricia, are you kidding me? Matt Patricia? Now, the guy before him was a heck of a lot better, but they didn't keep him because they weren't thinking straight. They obviously weren't. So <laughs> Jim Caldwell isn't like a legend, but he was pretty good. Um, Schwartz was a little bit crazy, but he was decent too. He had Detroit doing well for a little while. Um, Caldwell, I thought, was pretty good though. It's kind of a shame, but it uh, looks like they really, truly have the right guy right now. Um, he's a, maybe a little bit overly aggressive, him being Dan Campbell. But for them to be able to survive the Rams is one thing. Then you get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. It, it felt like more of a winnable game, but Tampa Bay wasn't going to go away easily. They hung in there, and they hung in there. But eventually, um, yeah, see, when it was a low-scoring game, you figured that's going to favor the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're a defensive team with a little bit of offense as well, obviously some veteran receivers and such, and a quarterback that's capable of something, you know, capable of doing something. He's not a bad quarterback in Baker Mayfield. He's certainly matured and gotten better since becoming the Tampa Bay quarterback. Um, definitely, definitely an improvement. And then you have a uh, deal with um, the, Ford, uh, the Detroit Lions. If it becomes an offensive game, that absolutely favors the Detroit Lions. And then both teams started to kind of break loose, and the game suddenly became exciting on the offensive side of things rather than exciting defensively, you could say, uh, if you could call it that. Um, and it's like it clearly favored the Lions. All of a sudden, things started to go their way. They started to break loose. They started to get multiple uh, scores. And then their defense hung in there as well. They go up with a multi-score lead. Baker Mayfield keeps them alive, though. They ultimately fail in the two-point conversion, but it looked like a pass interference should have been called um, as he tried to complete the pass to Mike Evans again after the 16-yard touchdown when Tampa Bay, you know, obviously marched down the field after Detroit scored their touchdown to make it 31-17 to um, after um, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown got that. Uh, obviously, the, the, uh, the, the J.M.R. Gibbs touchdown, he basically turned on the Jets and blew by everybody, kind of like the frickin' uh, Kansas City running back tonight as well, which pissed me off like you wouldn't believe. But uh, the Gibbs running play, obviously fantastic. Nothing that the uh, outstanding Tampa Bay defense could do on that one, and that made Detroit's offense look even better than Tampa Bay's defense, at least down the stretch. To end up with 31 points against Tampa Bay is pretty damn good, actually, when you consider how good their defense is and how defensive-minded Todd Bowles truly is. You know, he's a defensive-minded coach. He's a damn good one, I think. I think he's a good coach who deserves to be in the NFL for a while uh, at the end of the day. And obviously, Dan Campbell's probably going to be in the NFL for a while as well. As... Um, 32 years ago, Detroit finally, uh, Detroit advanced past the first round. They were already in the second round, but they won that playoff game as well, which catapulted them into the NFC title game where they ran into the future NFL slash Super Bowl champion, Washington Redskins, who had an overall good defense, good running game, phenomenal cornerbacks like uh, Daryl Green and such, and uh, Mark Rippian at quarterback. How exciting. Um, this time around, well, we'll see. They're going to have... Uh, they're going to run into an outstanding San Francisco team. Great defense, great offense, great coached offense and such. Uh, uh, outstanding system where they could kind of do a little bit of everything. They can run, they can pass, they can block. Uh, and the defense is outstanding. Like Again, like I've repeated like 50 times, 
in San Francisco. So, I don't know. We'll have to talk about the NFC title game after that. But <coughs> Detroit, clearly the better team today at the end of the, you know, especially as we moved into the second half. For a while, it looked like Tampa might have a chance, but I never really felt like Tampa Bay was going to win this game. I figured sooner or later, Detroit's going to break through, and they did. They simply did break through, and Detroit is in the NFC title game after being the perennial first-round exit or no playoffs at all, basically, for the uh, the Detroit Lions year in and year out, year in and year out. Detroit's off to the NFC title game, but no home field advantage this time because uh, <laughs> the Packers did not win the game. Just imagine if Detroit hosted the NFC title game. They, they'd probably go to be going to the Super Bowl, even though I did pick the winner of the 49ers-Packers game to win the Super Bowl. I still think Detroit would have a chance to get there, but probably not win if they did. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about Detroit versus uh, either team, the Chiefs or the Baltimore Ravens. <coughs> They're probably the fourth best team out of the group, not because Kansas City is so great, but obviously, you know, they're playoff tested and I don't know, like today, I just can't, I don't know, not happy with the result at all. Just very disappointing. Buffalo had so many opportunities, and we're going to get to that right now. Obviously, you have a San Francisco-Detroit NFC title game, which I did predict at the beginning of the playoffs. I apologize, I'm getting in a coughing fit here, so oh, thank God for the big, giant, uh, equal-sized button, if you could say, uh, equal-shaped button anyway. Buffalo hosted the Kansas City Chiefs. This game was pretty much neck and neck most of the way. It was kind of like back and forth. Who's going to finish the job? Who's going to make the big defensive stop? Or who's going to make the huge offensive play? Um, Both teams very capable, but it was kind of like who's going to be standing at the end? That type of thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, Did Jake Allen, or did Jake Allen, did Josh Allen have a great game? I can't say he did. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs had a balanced attack in this game. And Patrick Mahomes was clutch when he needed to be, unfortunately. Drove me nuts. But uh, the guy who pissed me off more than anybody else in this game, without a doubt, without a doubt, is Stefan Diggs. One Mickey freaking catch for seven yards. Multiple. And I mean multiple. Like about, it felt like at least four opportunities in the game where he could have had a huge play. Stefan Diggs should have probably had over 100 yards in this game. I mean, you can't expect him to be perfect. You can't expect him to catch everything coming his way. But for crying out loud, one, one bleeping catch, that, that's the best you can do. That's the best you got. I mean, that was, you know, atrocious. It was absolutely <clears throat> mind-boggling and maddening to see Stefan Diggs suck as bad as he did in this game. And he's the guy, oh, he's standing and watching the Chiefs celebrate the AFC Championship game, you know, when the Chiefs won their first AFC title since, you know, you know, way back then, you know, way back in 1969 or whatever, early 1970. Um, it was freaking horrible. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, like, drop passes, they should have been caught. This one should have been caught. That one should have been caught. This one, he just kind of, like, hesitated. It was one thing after another. He could have easily, him being Stephen Diggs, had over 100 yards in the game, and the, and the Buffalo Bills might have won comfortably if... Um, if what's-his-name made his play. Sorry, sorry about that. If uh, Stefan Diggs made the catches, uh, would have capitalized on the opportunities that came his way. It was frustrating beyond belief. Uh, he was targeted... Okay, that was inaccurate. He had three catches. Yeah, it wasn't one for seven. I was looking at someone else. Three catches for 21 yards. Gee, I'm really sorry, though. 
uh, yeah, yeah. They and I remember seeing them. There were just a couple of, you know, sideways passes where you would kind of wiggle and shake a little bit. Um, along a 15 for 21 yards, but he had eight targets in the game, and at least three or four of those were potentially big time plays. Now, was I a little bit annoyed with some of the play calls? Like, why are you trying to hit a home run every freaking at every freaking time? Like, say, especially when it's like third and nine and such, why are you hurling the ball into the end zone? What for? When you could just get, you know, it wasn't even third and nine. Sometimes it's like shorter. You're trying to make this huge home run play like second and three or something, and you're trying to hit a home run. And, you know, Kansas City's defense has been so damn tight the whole damn game, and it's been insanely tough and frustrating and all that. You know, just make the simple play. Now you have to punt, or now you have to go for it on fourth down, this and that. So it was extremely maddening. I mean, opportunities everywhere in this game could have been something. Um, okay, that's what I'm looking at. It was one rush for seven yards. That's what it was, yep. That's what threw me off there. I apologize. But still, three catches for 21 yards isn't going to make anyone, you know, th- that's nothing to write home about at all. Extremely frustrating. Like, Stefan Diggs is the guy with the big mouth, the big head, thinks everybody owes him something, and that, oh, you know, he, he can do better somewhere else, this and that. You know, he's better off going somewhere else. You know, we can do better than this quarterback. We can do better than that quarterback. No, Stefan Diggs, they can do better without you if you're going to play like that and can cost them that amount of money and all the, the headache that goes with it. Um, <clears throat> that was extremely disappointing. I'm sure the Buffalo Bills would love to have uh, Justin Jefferson instead of you. What do you think of that? That was their draft pick. What if they had Justin Jefferson right now with uh, Josh Allen? What would that look like? You know, Stefan Diggs had some wonderful moments with the Buffalo Bills. But when you make this thing like, yep, you want to watch the... Uh, Seventh year, like like you're some kind of a leader and you're some kind of a like, you know, oh man, oh you know, I'm like the you know, the best player on the team and I'm gonna watch the Kansas City Chiefs celebrate because I wanna see what it feels like because we're gonna be back and blah blah blah. Well you you came back and you dropped the ball, you know? And you had multiple opportunities in twenty twenty one as well. Um, that game I don't have a vivid memory of every little bit and piece of that one at this stage. I'm more of a Viking host than a Buffalo Bills host. But believe me, I like the Buffalo Bills. I wanted them to win this game so badly. Not just because they're playing the Chiefs, but I like the Buffalo Bills too. And I absolutely freaking hate the Chiefs. Can't stand them. I think you've figured that out by now. You probably heard me bitch and moan about the Chiefs all season. You heard me bitch and moan about the Chiefs all last season. But and then you bring in Taylor Swift into the, the whole thing and you got to put her on the screen every couple, every couple of uh, good plays Kansas City does, especially if it's to a certain tight end that, I, that has become the biggest joke of all, you know, like, or, you know, he's, he's just got to be on everything. He's the biggest attention whore in the history of sports. And that's saying something. Um, he has become a huge attention whore. Um, whether he'll admit it or whether he likes it or not, he's become what he is uh, at the end of the day. It's just, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I never liked Taylor Swift music ever. I never liked it. And it's not because I'm I'm better than her or anything. Like, I'm so above everybody. No, I just think it's awful music. I'm sorry. I just, I don't like it. And then now you got to, now you got to pump, pump that in my face every couple of minutes. It's just like, no, man. Can't we just, you know, why does there always have to be a stupid sideshow? It's, it's irritating. You know, it truly isn't. Why her? You know, Ugh, but that totally figures. And the worst part is all the local sportscasters act like it's such a good thing and it's good for football. 
Sure it is. I'm sure it's great for football. It's just wonderful. It, it really is. I mean, it's so relevant for it, too. Um, so overrated. But, yeah, Stefan Diggs, speaking of overrated, like, I don't know, man. If you want to be as big a headache as you are and constantly talk about you'll be better off somewhere else and you got to send all these weird subliminal messages, then, then just go away. Just go away, okay? Like, thanks for the fumble as well, but like, at least you didn't lose it. But still, fumbling in general is bullcrap. You almost cost him the game. Thankfully, <clears throat> the Buffalo Bills would have a fumble lost that wound up being a, um, uh, for, the, 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 for the Chiefs or whatever, would have a ball fumbled out of the end zone, which gave them a golden opportunity. Uh, dodged an absolute bullet after the Buffalo Bills failed on a uh, fourth down attempt. It was just ridiculous and extremely frustrating. Uh, it was a fail. Uh, no, it wasn't a fourth down attempt. It was a stupid fake punt that was a complete bomb. Like, just what the hell? How, how do you not get that in that situation? But Kansas City was, was there in the right time and right place to make the stop. Um, it was a pretty long fourth down. That's the funny part. Like, you're faking the punt in that situation and trying to run it, and ultimately that was a bomb. Kansas City had golden field position on, like, the 30. Figured, oh, boy, this is this is this game's over. Then you have the ball fumbled out of the end zone, and it was the right call. It was. Again, regardless if I love the Chiefs or not, it was the right call. Uh, heck, we had the call against us early in the year with Justin Jefferson. It was freaking embarrassing. Uh, Mecole Hardman Jr. did fumble the ball out of the end zone. It was by the skin of his teeth or whatever, but it was a fumble. He was not completely down. He was not down. I, I, yeah, he was not down yet. It was like the split of the skin of your teeth and all that, a split second type of situation. But um, Buffalo, golden opportunities after that. Just fanned once again, fanned time and time again, trying to hit a home run, you know, with, with you know, trying to swing for the fences on like every other play and then Stefan Diggs just not making the catch. Uh, all the ball slipping through his hands, the ball touching his hands, plays that should be made that were not made by a you know receiver who should be like an all-pro level talent but wasn't an all-pro level talent in this game. Uh, he really, really let his teammate down. His teammates down in this game did Stefan Diggs. Pretty good chance he makes at least two of those three catches or three or four opportunities in the game. The Buffalo Bills win the football game. There's a really good chance if he makes two of those, even one of them possibly, late in the game. The Buffalo Bills win the football game. But at the end of the day, they still had a chance to tie the game. That doesn't mean the Buffalo Bills would have won it. But Tyler Bass kicked it to the right. Kicked it to the right. He missed. He missed. And... Um, and, he, and it was to the right, and it was the darndest thing. The ball looked like it was headed left, and then it had that screwball effect. I'm not sure if it was because of the wind or what the story was, but um, that was really sad and disappointing when that ball... God almighty. This is sad, too. Sorry. Um, but when that ball missed, it was just... Um, I don't know what else to say. It was very sad, and um, that's kind of all she wrote when it came to the, uh, the field goal. Um, oh, man. Very disappointing to say the least. It was a 44-yard attempt, which needs to be made. It's a road game and all that. I'm sure there was some wind, wind factor and all that, but it needs to be made. The play needs to be made, and it wasn't. Uh, the, the kick needs to be made. 44 yards at home in a playoff game to at least tie the game, send it to overtime. You're, you're, you're hoping for more, but at least tie the game and send it for overtime, and he misses to the right, which has everybody, obviously, with uh, more heartbreak and more frustration in the city of Buffalo and probably, you know, parts of the country around there that uh, saw wide right years ago with Northcutt 
that cost them a Super Bowl championship. I mean, they were going to win the game if he makes that kick. Northcott would have been a hero. He might even have, he might have even had a statue. That magical moment where he kicked the ball through the uprights and the Buffalo Bills won uh, Super Bowl twenty five, I believe it would have been Super Bowl twenty five over the New York Giants. That's how long ago it was. Jeez, but yep, it was a long time ago. Um, they should have won that game, and they should have won this one too. And unfortunately, their fans are heartbroken, just like us Viking fans, after these big, big, big epic playoff games against these big name teams with their obnoxious sideshow bullcrap going on um, and such. But losing to the 49ers years ago, there was no real sideshow that I can remember, uh, really. You know, just we just lost to that big time team, and obviously calls that didn't go our way, this and that, and calls that might not have gone Buffalo's way, but they did get that call on the, uh, the the guy not being down and the ball rolling out of the end zone or flying out of the end zone in the corner there, technically, because it, it was out of the end zone, which was a touchback, and it gave the Buffalo Bills life in a situation where they were pretty much toast. But And they, they still, even with that miracle play, that miracle scenario that kept them alive in the game, they still end up losing. Very disappointing loss. Very disappointing loss for the Buffalo Bills. Great recovery from a 6-6 six and six team winning their last five games, getting the number two seed in the AFC, which would have been a bye in, in uh, previous years before uh, last year. But um, regardless, home field, this is your opportunity to finally you know, knock the bully out. This team has bullied you. This team has has made a mockery of you, and now they get to keep doing it. And it, it, it's, a, it's a shame. Um, maybe not a mockery, but yeah, they've bullied you. It's the bully getting their way again. Na 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 boo boo, we beat you. And I don't know, I'm sick of the Chiefs. I'm sick of the Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills and their fans are probably beyond sick of the Chiefs. They want to kill them. Um, that's why uh, half the time there was a stoppage of play, there'd be some kind of a skirmish. Because they're sick of them. And I would be too. Um, don't blame him one bit. And it just, it sucks to see this happen. It, it truly does. And Stefan Diggs, I'll say it again. You let your team down in this game. Just in case you're listening. So you want to send any subliminal tweets my way, you go right ahead about how some 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 purple mafia member thinks he's real tough. Well, so do you. You think you're real tough. Catch the ball. Catch the ball, okay? Catch the ball. Like you want to tell the kicker he has one job? Well, you have one job too. Catch the ball. Maybe it's like a job and a half. Get open and catch the ball. There was a couple plays where you didn't create enough space, so things were so tight you had to make a spectacular play to make the catch, but you didn't make that spectacular play. Plain and simple, and you didn't get the separation to make it slightly easier for yourself and your quarterback. In the other place, you you should have caught. You just simply should have caught, and you didn't. Bottom line. So to the previews, uh, AFC Championship, well, so on and so forth. I do believe, yeah, the AFC Championship is first. Um, and that should be a lot of fun. The AFC Championship is in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore is definitely a killer, killer team. There's no reason for me to believe as much as uh, whether I like the Chiefs, hate the Chiefs, this the Chiefs, that the Chiefs. There's no reason, ultimately, for me to believe that the Baltimore Ravens can't win the football game. Um, the way they manhandled the Houston Texans this week after the Texans manhandled the uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns just a week earlier. I think Baltimore is the best team in the AFC, and they will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I think they do. Um, Kansas City is obviously going to be a big threat. Of course they are. They're the defending world champions. As much as I hate to say it, they are. Um, players were out, obviously, in the game. You had Isaiah Moore out. 
Wither Stone was questionable going into it and so on and so forth. Um, do believe Baltimore should be relatively healthy coming in this one. Obviously healthy enough. The main cogs and such, Lamar Jackson. Um, yep, 821 yards on the year, rushing with five TDs. 24 touchdown passes, only seven interceptions, 3678 in yardage. Patrick Mahomes, 27 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Pretty mediocre for Patrick Mahomes' standards. Only 27 touchdowns. Weird. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, boy, he is one. Uh, is it uh, Pacheco? Yeah, he is an he is a real cocky sob. You know, I'm not a fan. Obviously, um, wouldn't mind him on my team, considering our running game kind of stinks. But he is a cocky sob. There's no doubt about that. And pretty much the whole Chiefs team is. That's just the way it is. Um, but obviously, it's a it's, he's a threat. He's he's a home run threat because of his speed. And, um, yep, he had the Chiefs in position to win the game in multiple occasions. Uh, definitely helped them win the Super Bowl last year. Travis Kelsey makes those big third-down plays and such, and just in general, he's a he's that touchdown nookie-blanky for Patrick Mahomes. I can't stand him at all, but what are you going to do? What am I going to do about it? I've, I've made my feelings more than clear. I know you're sick of hearing him, honestly. 984 yards, five touchdowns. There's rumors about him retiring at the end of the year. Well, frankly, I wish today was his last game, but uh, I guess hopefully next week will be his last game. I personally, as a fan, do not want Baltimore to win the Super Bowl, but I do want them to knock the Chiefs out here and to get to the Super Bowl at the very least. I'd much rather see that. Now, if San Francisco has a chance to return the favor and actually does return the favor for the uh, Super Bowl a few years back in 2019, you know, this 2019 season anyway, you get the idea that um, that would be fine too. As long as the Chiefs ultimately don't win the whole thing, that's okay. But I think it would be better to have the Chiefs out <laughs> right away. Maybe Baltimore kicks their butts. And then San Francisco has a chance to return the flavor, uh, favor for that Super Bowl in 2012. So either way, as long as the 49ers defeat the Detroit, Red, uh, Detroit Pistons, that they will have a chance for a rematch against one of these two clubs. <laughs> one of them beat them after the 2019 season. One of them beat them after the 2012 season at the end of the day. Not sure what I'm looking at here. Did Caitlin Clark injure herself? Weird. That was kind of weird, but I don't know. I'm not into college basketball all that much, so I'm just not. Um, Baltimore was fourth in points. Yeah, see, and you consider how good their defense is. They were fourth in points. Chiefs are 15th. I mean, their offense sputtered most of the season for their standards. Um, Baltimore is number one in the league in rushing yards. You know, it helps when you have a quarterback that can rush for 100 yards in a game, so that's a big thing, obviously. The Chiefs have won four games in a row, including those two playoff games. <clears throat> Baltimore lost the season finale to Pittsburgh, interestingly, because, well, yeah, they already had the number one seed and they wanted to play it safe. Other than that, though, Baltimore had been winning and winning and winning, and they did beat the 49ers convincingly on Christmas Day. So let's not forget that, 33-19. to That was a nasty game, and it was in San Francisco. So that could be a bad omen that Baltimore is going to win. That uh, could be an omen. Baltimore's number one in the league in sacks. They're third in interceptions. Kansas City's second in sacks. So, you know, that could be a problem. But luckily for both teams, their quarterbacks are insanely mobile. Um, Lamar Jackson is probably the most mobile quarterback in the league today. So that definitely helps his cause. Where, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is mobile, but he's not as mobile. Um, Baltimore is number one in points, like I said. Uh, they are number number one in points against, pardon me, and Kansas City's number two in points against. 
So, obviously, Steve Spagnuolo is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. He was a, a failure as a head coach, but he's one of the best defensive coordinators probably of all time. Um, probably. Uh, <laughs> so, it's a shame he wasn't a good enough head coach with the Rams and such. Um, and at this point, he probably is like, hell with it. If, if I can win Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator, might as well hang around there rather than be a non-playoff head coach. Uh, you know, go to some crappy team and they don't get better when I'm the head coach and they lose patience and fire me after two or three years. Might as well just stick around as a high-paid uh, coordinator and get rings, I guess, which is kind of what's happened over his career for the most part. So, which is, uh, uh, you know, much as it sucks. I mean, I, I enjoyed seeing him win the Super Bowl with the Giants, but with Kansas City last year, yuck. So, wasn't a big fan of that. Oh, I made my opinions made uh, knowing enough about all of that. So that's the AFC Championship game. I do think it's Baltimore, San Francisco in the Super Bowl. And um, San Francisco will return the favor and wrap it up and win another Super Bowl for the first time since 1994. Otherwise, if Baltimore wins, it'll be their first since 19, uh, no, since 2012. If Kansas City wins, it'll be back-to-back. Champions, yuck. And I hope that doesn't happen. I doubt it will, but it could. Um, Detroit and San Francisco I didn't even talk about yet. For me, I mean, I don't know. I think Kansas City, or excuse me, I think San Francisco should be able to win that game semi-comfortably. Detroit's going to put up a hell of a fight. They're going to make it very interesting. But I can see the, uh, well, let's get to the scores really quick. I think Baltimore beats the Chiefs by a final score of, um, let's go with 31. 31 to 27, Baltimore wins by four points over the Chiefs. They get the big sack, the big stop down the stretch when, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes will be the last guy with the ball. He'll have his opportunity and such. But the Baltimore Ravens, you know, Baltimore Ravens will get the big sack or the big knockdown at the end of the day. That will wrap it up. And the Baltimore Ravens win the game by four points, 31 to 27. In the NFC title game, Detroit, San Francisco, I mean, you know, it's going to be a very, very, you know, entertaining football game, but I do think that one team is superior to the other, despite the win-loss records being identical and such. Um, <clears throat> it's, you know, these are probably the two best teams in the AFC, uh, NFC this year. They, they probably are, but when San Francisco's on their game, they're the best team. Um, their defense is better, no doubt. Um, Brock Purdy and Jared Goff, probably not too different at the end of the day. They're able to put up great yards. They protect the ball. Brock Purdy has one less interception and one more touchdown, so that's quite interesting. Jared Goff has more yards, 45-75 to uh, Brock Purdy's 42-80. 31 touchdowns, 11 interceptions for Brock. 30 touchdowns and 12 interceptions for Jared Goff. David Montgomery is a goal line smash. 10 yards, uh, excuse me, uh, 1,000 yards, 1,015 yards anyway, and 13 touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey is an all-around dual threat. He is one of the best players on the planet. And there's no doubting that for a second. 14.59 in rushing yards with 12 touchdowns, but he's also a deadly receiving threat. Amon St. Brown and Brandon Ayuk also very valuable guys, but St. Brown has done more. 15.15 with 10 touchdowns, and that's the regular season. Brandon Ayuk, though, still 7 touchdowns with 13.42 reception and all that good stuff. San Francisco's number 3 in offense. Detroit, 5th. <clears throat> Total yards per game. San Francisco, 2nd. Detroit, 3rd. <laughs> this is in the entire NFL anyway. Passing yards per game, Detroit second. San Francisco fourth. Rushing yards, Detroit fifth. San Francisco third. Pretty epic. 
Time of possession, Detroit 5th and San Francisco 8th. <clears throat> San Francisco is 3rd in points allowed. Detroit is 23rd. That's the difference. That's the difference. Rushing yards against Detroit 2nd, so that's a big thing. And, can, uh, and San Francisco 3rd, so that's another major stat there. San Francisco is 6th in sacks, Detroit 23rd. See, so they don't really have the pass rush, the interceptions. Detroit has a number of them. They are, they're 11th in the league, but San Francisco is number 1. I do think they forced Jared Goff into a mistake or two, them being the 49ers, of course. And the 49ers win this game by, I think, by two scores. I think San Francisco wins this game relatively comfortably. Not really, but comfortably enough. They pull away when it matters. Maybe a Jared Goff interception that ends up leading to like a final score, so on and so forth, to kind of wrap it up. But um, I could see the San Francisco 49ers winning this thing 30-20. to 20. That's the score that keeps flashing in my head right now. I think Detroit's offense is flustered enough that they're unable to uh, handle uh, the San Francisco pass rush, the San Francisco threat uh, defensively. I think Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy anyway, excuse me, is able to beat the bend-but-don't-break defense of this uh, Detroit Lions, even though they're capable of a aggressive pass rush and such. But I just think San Francisco is the better team, and they're going to get the job done. Obviously, home field advantage helps. Uh, but a defense like San Francisco's, I, I think they're going to fluster Jared Goff enough that uh, Detroit, the chances of Detroit getting to the Super Bowl are very slight. I think. I mean, just the thought of Detroit in the Super Bowl is crazy. But, you know what? If they get there, I, I hope they win it. Because, you know, Baltimore, Kansas City, Detroit, go go get it. You know, go get them. If somehow they get past San Francisco, unfortunately, the odds of Detroit winning the Super Bowl, that's the one thing. It's like, you know, as good as they are, it still feels like, I don't know, you're going to beat, are you going to, I mean, could they beat any of these three teams in a Super Bowl type of situation? I'm thinking probably not at the end of the day. You know, I mean, if, if, if they overachieve and get it done, good for them. They'll have absolutely earned it, and they'll deserve all the credit in the world. For now, though, I'm sticking with my guns. San Francisco, Baltimore in the Super Bowl, and the 49ers end up winning it at the end of the day by the skin of their teeth. I think they're going to show up to play and win, and they're going to see that San Francisco um, Super Bowl lore once and for all finally returned. Because, man, they've lost two Super Bowls in a row after winning their first five. That kind of sucks. <laughs> they've lost two in a row. So it's never San Francisco to put an end to that nonsense and get the job done at the end of the day. So with that, uh, there's your Super Bowl. 49ers win still at the end of the day. So we'll take a quick break and look at fan interaction briefly. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, fan interaction segment here in this case. <clears throat> I want to thank uh, Malcolm and Tanae Brown for retweeting the most recent episode, episode 421, Wildcard Review, Divisional Preview. This, of course, is Divisional Review and Conference uh, Preview as we head into Championship Sunday next week. <clears throat> as now the games are going to be less and less and less and less. Only two games next week. And then uh, after that, you have the Pro Bowl, uh, which I will not be covering, of course. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll probably 
have it on a little bit here and there. Maybe I'll have it. Maybe I'll have it on a lot in the background, but mostly in the background uh, and all that, and probably trying to do some DoorDash as well. <laughs> Got to make a living, right? Got to help. You know, any little bit helps. <laughs> That's kind of how life is. Um, let's just say I'm not the highest paid podcaster in the world. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I'm not even paid necessarily. Not for this one, unfortunately. Um, at the end of the day, hopefully, I'll be, hopefully one day again I will be. Why am I talking about that? I don't know. But um, yeah, then of course there's just the one game, the Super Bowl itself. But that's quite a spectacle. And hoping, hoping we don't have to bring the stupid sideshow to the Super Bowl this year. The Yuck City, uh, the Yuck City uh, Taylor Chefs. I don't want to see that nonsense. So go Baltimore. Prevent that from happening. That'd be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, if the uh, 49ers can return the favor of 2019, that's totally fine too. That would be great. We could uh, end the uh, celebration by the Chiefs, or Kansas City Chefs, or whatever we want to call them. Dave Hickey on Twitter at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show. So, Dave Hickey coming in out of Iowa. He recently followed Timberwolves' explosion, so that was awesome. Hope you like the the basketball conversation, Dave. Uh, hope, hopefully, he says. Uh, Let's see what we're saying here first. I was saying that was one hell of a game. San Francisco is in pretty big trouble for uh, was in pretty big trouble for a while. I can't believe that happened, but we're clutch in the end. Great job indeed. Dave Vicky responded with, uh, with that really was a hell of a game. Looks like both teams have themselves a really good quarterbacks. Yep, and of course for the long term, I was saying it's going to be an awesome rivalry for many years. Funny how it all, all how it already was, but now. The next group, of course. Yep, especially with Green Bay. As uh, a lot of the 49ers are still there. Brock Purdy wasn't. It was uh, obviously Garoppolo and such. And even dating way back to a certain other guy from Wisconsin that likes to kneel down uh, and all that. So we'll leave that alone. He's from Wisconsin, but he played against the Packers for the San Francisco 49ers. We'll move on from uh, that conversation right away. If we can, Instagram. Purple Mafia Show. Isn't that great? So no underscore or anything like that. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to dig in the last week's uh, thread here. If I can first. Just want to make sure I got everything. Oh, come on. It says four comments. Yeah, those are just responses. Last week was actually quite quiet. But there was, like I think, something new. Yes. Um, there was a post when I had... Uh, said the new show is out and blah, 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 blah. But there was one, right? There was no comment. I thought there was. I apologize. So that might have been a week ago when I did that. Um, this week, definitely a bit more active, and I posted it on time and such. Divisional round, divisional round. Yes, sir. We're uh, going to continue. Just want to make sure. Okay, Mark Carlson will lead things off. Strikeforce.92. I am still thinking, where did this Green Bay team come from? I did not expect them to make it to the playoffs at all. And here they are playing the 49ers after whipping the Cowboys last week. Man, I don't recall a Vikings team doing that. No, no, no. They would have been, the, the, the sad truth is the Vikings probably would have been whipped by the Cowboys if, say, you know, the Vikings were the team that snuck into the playoffs with the seventh seed, which could have happened. Odds are, again, we would have probably been whipped by the Cowboys. Mark Carlson says, says I was really hoping the I was really hoping the Bills would win also. Um, so that was recent, yep. Um, Mark says, missed the Baltimore game, dang it. 
but home now and have the Green Bay game on. 3 nothing Green Bay in the second quarter. Yeah, it was a defensive back-and-forth type of situation. Mark Carlson says, yep, so I'm trying to keep this chronological here. Uh, man, that was a hell of a game. Hats off to Green Bay. I am trying to. I'm trying not to choke on the words for putting Dallas out of out of my misery and for showing up big time against the 49ers tonight in San, in San Fran in the rain. Yep, man, they could have won. Love looked like an all pro tonight except for the ending. Yep, when he threw the off the body, across the body play, it was a bit of a wobbler and it was intercepted and that ended up being the dagger for the, uh, the Green Bay Packers. So on the, on the wrong side of things. Mark says, Sunday, the Lions are about to kick off. Man, how strange it is to see a playoff game at this field. It is weird, isn't it? Especially second round. I like the Lions today over the Buccaneers. And yep, you were right. Yep, we were both right about that one. Detroit Lions did ultimately reach the uh, NFC title game, which is awesome. We'll see how they do. Um, Next one. Love how Buffalo was running the ball in the second half. And yeah, it was nice. But ultimately, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Final thing here, uh, Mark says, I am still thinking, where did the... What the heck? That was the other one. Wasn't there something else? Oh, shoot. I thought there was another comment. I was saying Stefan Diggs has been freaking awful, but there was no response to that. I thought he had more to say about the uh, Buffalo game. What the... Let me look at this. I want to make sure. I swear... Oh, I should have done that. Yeah, you can do it and keep things chronological. That's all I had to do. Oops. Um, I guess that's it. What? That's a bummer. Okay, but no, those are good comments, though. They're great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm guessing he didn't want to see the Yuck City chefs win either. But the Yuck City, the Yuck City, the Yuck City uh, Taylor chefs ended up winning the game, and that stinks. So to Baltimore they go. Hopefully they get their butts handed to them. And then Baltimore ends up not beating the 49ers. That'd be a great situation there. So it looks like about an hour show. It's going to be obviously slightly longer with, uh, you know, the added uh, bumper music and such. Like I tend to add to the shows and maybe a little tiny little thing here. It's a damn shame. You know, I, I probably made enough clear about it. I, I feel bad for Buffalo fans. You know, I mean, we can relate. We can absolutely relate. Um, competitive teams for so long, off and on. And, you know, to come home empty and such, at least they're capable of winning a single playoff game, which the Vikings have done, which the Vikings only did once with the Kirk Cousins. But Minnesota did have a lot of playoff runs over the years. They like Dennis Green. Well, yeah, he had a lot of play first round exits as well. But like a lot of competitive teams and such. And then we had like whenever we actually do go far, it just never works out in the end. The kicker misses the kick or we fumble too much. Or there's an across-the-body interception. That's an and-or with the Saints situation. Or the defense, like, goes in the tank. It's just one thing after another. This guy doesn't show up, or this group of players doesn't show up. And, you, you, you know, you're, you're just left like, oh, 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 wait till next year. Yeah, I just love waiting until next year. Ugh, it's depressing, like you wouldn't believe. And that's kind of been the case for the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills over the years. Buffalo Bills did have a crappy run. For quite a while there, um, leading into Josh Allen taking over, but still they were still a threat at times. And again, um, now that they are good again and they're going through a lot of the same heartbreak and the same disappointment, either getting shelled by Kansas City whatsoever, or just simply things not working out, and and the uh, the Chiefs being the last team standing, uh, 
after kind of a shootout type of situation. This one wasn't as much of a shootout as more of kind of like a defense and then an you know, occasional chunk play type of situation where you break through or the play just never happens at all, which uh, also happened when, when um, uh, Josh Allen threw the ball in Stephon Diggs' direction. Things just didn't happen, plain and simple. And that was bleeping, frustrating beyond human relief, uh, belief. So we'll see how things go at the end of the day. Um, all I can say now is I hope you have a wonderful week and that the uh, well that the right teams win, so to speak, and hopefully the sideshow gets pushed away. So at the end of the day, we'll talk to you next week and go 49ers, go Baltimore Ravens, and then ultimately go 49ers. <laughs>